Welcome to Stuck In My Mind Podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. It's your boy W-I-Z-E, and today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future, starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes while activating their child's broader community to give contributions on birthdays, holidays, or any occasion. We're teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free $15 investment to gift to a child you love. Simply go to partners.getearlybird.io backslash podcast or the link in our show notes. Download the app and create an account today. Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the children you love. And you know how your boy Wise does it. Peace out. And welcome to another episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E Wise, and I have a very special guest on the show today. All the way from Italy, welcome from to the show, Federica Bresson. Hey. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. It's, it's great to have. It's great to have people from all over the country, all over the world. I mean, sorry, all over the world on the show. It's I, 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 I like to learn f- from many different people. So this is cool. Yeah, yeah, you said right. I'm in Italy, in central Italy, uh, close to Rome. But you're, you're you're not Ital- you're not Italian, are you? I'm Italian and Slovenian. I carry two passports, and that means that I come from another part of Italy that is the one that borders with Slovenia, the northeast. I find myself here due to COVID after several plan Bs and Cs and Ds that I had to come up with because I was in New York when COVID hit. And that sent me back to my father's place initially, then Belgium, and then just here. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Not even with it opening up, not that they're uh, reissuing uh, mass mandates in certain states. And uh, it's, it's crazy time right now. Yeah, not over yet. Not a time to plan new trips new you know it's not the time to take off again i was hoping that it things would get better by now especially with vaccinations but for some reason numbers are going up again so i guess that you'll find me here in italy for a while longer well over here over here they're finding out that uh, a lot of the people that are uh, getting sick are people who are not vaccinated that, that's just a study i don't know i don't i don't go by the studies i don't they can manipulate them any way they want, but I, I, I'm fully, I'm vaccinated, and that was my choice. I didn't. I just felt that it was something I needed to do. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I know that the point of this vaccination is that you don't get the disease in a severe form. So it's not that you don't get it, but it helps you not to die or not to be very sick. However, I think that uh, since I do science communication, I have to admit that people who are skeptical, they kind of have a point. They say, how come so many of us are vaccinated and so many are getting sick? Okay, not very sick, but it's counterintuitive because for other diseases, when you have the vaccine, you don't get sick anymore. So it's confusing. It can be confusing. It, it is. I have to hear you're vaccinated. I've yeah. lost, I know, I've yeah. lost a friend, a real, real close friend of mine. Uh, he passed away in February and, um, and then that was one that really touched close to home because I've known him all my life. I mean, literally I've known him all my life since I was, he was around when I was born. So, and he's, he, he was one of my biggest fans, one of my biggest supporters. So it, it has touched home and that, that, that kind of played into my decision to get vaccinated. 
And I understand, yes, people are skeptical. How, how can they have a vaccine so fast? And, and I get it. I understand people. I feel I feel their fears. But for me personally, it's something my mom, my mom did it in November. She she decided she's 82 years old. And when she said she wanted to get vaccinated, me and my sister said, fine, that's if that's your choice. We're, we're, we're all with it. So she got vaccinated. She was one of the first people here to get vaccinated. Then later on, me and my sister also as well got vaccinated. My wife just got vaccinated uh, just recently. So it, it's just something we decided to do. We, we've spoke about the consequences and everything that's going on. And, and it, we just felt there was something we, we wanted to do as a family and then just, just have it done with. Absolutely. My father got it and I have a 98 years old aunt. And also she got her two shots of vaccine. I'm very proud of her. You know, you can wonder, um, should there be consequences? Nothing has killed you so far. Maybe the vaccine is going to, but she's doing great. She hasn't even had side effects from that. So... That's really good to hear. That's really good to hear. So, I, you're 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 major. You're, you're computer science and all that. And what what is what do you, what do you think about what's going on? Like it, it's it's just crazy. Are you talking about the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in general, how's it affected? How's it affected you as far as as work? Oh yes. Well, I was working at Stony Brook University, so I was staying in New York um, before COVID, and my research grant, a Fulbright research grant, was supposed to go from January to June. I had arrived in the States in December. I was having a great time, let me tell you, like super awesome. And then, uh, to be honest, uh, preamble, I got really sick in January, so, you know, in hindsight, I might wonder, huh, was that COVID? Because I got really, really sick in January. And that's when I stayed, like I told you, not too far away from where you are in Pennsylvania. I was staying at a friend whom I'm you know, so thankful that he kept me there because it would get problematic not just to pay a random Airbnb for almost a whole month of being sick, but just literally being sick. And it's nice to have someone around um so in january i got really sick i got tested i went to a clinic there of course nobody knew about covid and eventually i recovered just about the time they gave me an antibiotic so you would say aha it wasn't viral we'll never know i just know that a doctor friend said that there have been many atypical uh, pneumonias, bronchitis since last fall. So even there, you don't know why, how these things connect. And then in February, I spent the whole month in California, still coughing, you know, my lungs out. But I just thought I was recovering from a bronchitis. So that was fine. But it was so bad that it took me a long time to recover from mainly the one symptom I had, which was cough. Lots of cough, no fever, no anything else. And it's not nice to think back of that. And it sounds disgusting. And unfortunately, it was embarrassing to be like on a greyhound or so, because I was coughing a lot. Um, but I was also keeping to myself a lot. And, you know, you kind of, no matter pandemic or non-pandemic, you try to keep safe, keep others safe. That, of course, on a standard basis. And then in March, I finally settled in New York. That's where I was going to start my work at the department at Stony Brook uh, with Margaret Shadell. I'd like to give a shout out to her, my supervisor there. She is great. And I was having a great time there. But days after that, we started hearing about COVID first, of course, in China and then in Italy, that of all countries was the first one in Europe to be hit. And I didn't pay too much attention to that in the beginning. But then, of course, the world started feeling more and more worried. And one morning I woke up to a message of a fellow a Fulbrighter uh, from Germany who said that he was packing everything and flying home. And I was like, oh, that sounds like an overreaction to me now, but maybe I'm in denial. You know, when you see everybody running the opposite direction and you say, huh, let me walk I'm towards it. Let me walk, let me walk towards it. <laughs> yeah. So, or you're not moving and everybody else is running and you say, huh, I don't smell fire yet, but maybe I'm ignoring some danger here. So, I, well, say long story short, I decided to fly back. I didn't have my house in Belgium anymore because I was renting before I left. And so I just had to go back to my father's place, but reluctantly at my age. But this was an exceptional situation. I didn't know where else to go. And I was not happy to leave, trust me. But it wasn't even obvious that it was 
the necessary thing to do, but in doubt, it didn't seem the wrong thing to do. It was the safe option anyway. And I thought too bad, but New York will always be there. I can come back some other time. So I I spent less than 50% of my time there that I was supposed to until the end of June. That was March 22nd, I believe, that I flew back to Europe. I couldn't wait much longer, by the way, because they threatened to, um, you know, cancel all the flights at some point. And uh, so fewer fewer flights and only to certain destinations so i flew back to europe and and you know i spent a couple of months kind of waiting to see what was going to happen and i was one of those who did not believe this would get bad especially in the united states when i left I had a feeling that you had enough time to prepare and that you had all the means possible to prepare for this and to manage it. There is a special way in which Americans can come together to face hard times. And I thought they are certainly going to do it. It's a, you know, very large country. And, you know, how can this possibly hit the United States as Uh, you know, the the United States, like the whole continent, basically, that you are. And a week after I was home in Italy, uh, I saw uh, images of a camp hospital that was being set up in Central Park in Manhattan. And it broke my heart. I said, oh, man, things are getting worse there. I was just walking through Central Park the week before. So it's days, a matter of days, and things were getting bad and quickly. So probably it was the right thing to do to leave. Also, because, I mean, being New York is great always, but since rents are so high, probably it doesn't make so much sense to pay that kind of rent if you need to be locked in your house. So, okay, I flew back to Italy. They're not the biggest apartments either. So, yeah, it's you're paying a lot of rent for a small apartment and being stuck in your apartment all day, no. Well, let me tell you, I was really lucky there. I found an apartment just for myself in the Upper East Side, and I was having just a great time. I mean, I have beautiful memories from there, except one night that I a flood from the apartment above and it was not water it was sewage waters i cannot tell you firemen coming in at one in the morning that was some adventure but in general i had a great time living in the upper east side it's just time of my life things were shutting down already you know i went to see stephen colbert and trevor noah live and that was the second last and the last show they were having with a live audience so i was lucky to catch those opportunities but see everything was already shutting down I flew back and work-wise, I got to tell you that I was already thinking about transitioning from being a full-time researcher to doing science communication and video interviews, being a podcaster, a little bit of what I'm doing now. So it's not that my career got, it didn't help in any way, COVID, but it's not that I switched from research to communication because of COVID. COVID just killed untimely my last research grant, and I have not had another research grant since then. So that was my last contract as a researcher. And uh, if when when you want to switch to a new career, it always takes some time to get started, for people to get to know your work, to build up an amount of material that you can put out there so that people will check you out and see what you do, decide that you're good and try to reach out to you to say, hey, do you want to you know, work with us? So COVID just slowed down that process immensely for me. It didn't stop it entirely because video interviews, you can do them online, like we are doing now, for example. I used to travel and always meet my podcast guests before. So during this year, I have worked, but I have noticed that there have been so uh, few opportunities. And last year during the summer when I was in Belgium, I just thought I need a job. You know, you got to work, you got to pay your bills. And I was ready to do anything. I also think I wanted a change from research, too much intellectual work, too much time at my computer. So I actually applied, I wrote an article on Medium about this, my 163 applications of which one came back positive for a collaboration with the magazine. And I applied to be a driver, a teacher, to move boxes in a warehouse, to scan barcodes, uh, a receptionist, a night, you know, usher, everything and nothing came back. And I got really frustrated because I have some credentials. I know sometimes having a PhD, even if you hide your PhD, but they still see the kind of profile you're overqualified to do certain jobs. So I got 
frustrated and anxious at some point because I thought, well, in case of emergency, you can always go and be a waitress somewhere, which I wouldn't mind doing. You know, I'm not too good for any job, but they wouldn't take me. <laughs> so I, I decided when they announced the second lockdown in Belgium about last fall, because that's the season, right? But anyway, cold coughs they come around more they announced a second lockdown something clicked in my mind and i said i love being here but i don't have a job that keeps me here right now and i'm really struggling financially and also with my paperwork because not working you're technically unemployed and it's hard to register in another european country that way so i just decided to come back to italy but to go to a completely other part of Italy so that it would feel like I'm abroad. I'm in a new place because I just needed to keep my interest alive, to keep seeing new places, learning new things. And I was heading to Sicily, but then because of COVID, they suspended ferries that go from the very tip of Italy to the island of Sicily. So I, by a number of coincidences, I stopped here in the Rome area, which I happen to love very, very much. In a month time, I bought a little, little, little house for very little money, but I have my own place. And I started living here and actually I cannot believe that in October, this will be a year that I've been here. So I want to say that people have died and people have lost loved ones. So I'm not going to complain much about how COVID had hit me. If you ask me about my career and just how my life could have been more pleasant, I have to tell you that the first two, three times that COVID got in my way and changed my plans, I didn't think about it for a day. I said, okay, plan B with a smile, no problem. Stuff happens all the time in your life. You have to be ready for your plan B, don't look back. But after plan B, C and D and Italy and Belgium and not finding a job and how many uh, jobs, I was shortlisted for some jobs and they, they were not looking anymore because of COVID or collaborations that we wanted to start, but nobody was sure. So for COVID again, and then I came to Italy and it's just, man, you know, it's really changed the course of my life at this point, I can say. And I'm establishing new work collaborations right here in the Rome area or in Italy. I did more interviews in Italian because I'm here. And this is creating a whole different professional network for myself. So this is really changing the course of my life probably even in the long term and this is the answer to your question <laughs> <laughs> no that was great that was great but no it's it's, it's crazy because it has because of me because of me starting my podcast during covid i have my network has grown it has grown ridiculously i've i've networked networked with people in taiwan and india italy uh the uk and it's it's been great because i've been able to hear all types of stories from people all over and how people are handling it in their situation and it's just it's just fascinating like there's certain places in the world that aren't treating this the same way other places are so just to be able to hear these stories and hear everyone and everyone else's response to it it's just been a um a great learning experience for me especially me starting my podcast and doing what i'm doing because i didn't i didn't know i'm not a professional um i'm not a professional journalist i'm not i I've, i never did radio prior to this i wasn't on the radio i was not a radio person it's just something that i wanted to do and i just decided to press record and and get it going and since then it's been really it's been amazing like with everything that's going on i've been blessed with some great opportunities i was i was able to launch my production company we just launched the internet radio station so yes we're in a pandemic and and things have been bad but at the same time there's some good that came out of it as well for sure for sure creative people had to come up with ways to survive in a way you know to find new interests it fascinates me to think how many people picked up a musical instrument during the pandemic i think that's a beautiful way to spend your time and even for myself i just acknowledge that the pandemic was like you know i'm i'm like a ball traveling on a certain trajectory and this is an external force that hits me and just changes course of this trajectory but i just acknowledge that i'm on this other trajectory now i'm not saying oh what i lost i should have been on another path it, it's okay it's okay it's i just would never have imagined that it would have this impact another good thing that may come out of here is that more people will be allowed to work from home i believe that commute commuting has always been a great waste of time for me i have always tried to either live very close to my workplace or work from home as a researcher i could do that 
uh, already before it was in fashion. Uh, but people may, you know, find that they can spend more time with their families, manage the house differently. I mean, I personally welcome such change in the society, more flexibility. God knows what other, but that would be a very nice conversation to think of all the possible things that the pandemic has caused that may be good. Probably some extra awareness on climate change, would you say? Or would you say that during the pandemic, we stopped hearing about climate change because the media was just full of the COVID-19 news? Honestly, I've really stopped watching the news. It really is depressing. I'm I'm more focused on on creating content and and making sure that it's positive content because it's just it's just so much negativity with with the things you find on Facebook, what you find on social media and, and the media as well. I just felt that it was I needed to put out some positive content and put out something that will help enlighten people, help people grow, and, and that's that's where that's the birth of my podcast is from is from me wanting to service the people and give them some good quality content. I support that a hundred percent. So let's stop. So let's about talk about what what's going on oh nice glass. oh nice glass nice coffee cup that's a birthday present i had my birthday in april oh welcome to the club 40. welcome to the club Woo-hoo. i just turned 45 yes turned 45 uh july 5th i like to be this you, you know what you know what's you know what's so cool you know what's so, so cool though when i turned 30 when they say that uh certain people don't reach their peak to their 40s that is so true in my case i didn't know for years i didn't know what i wanted to do exactly i didn't i didn't have a career I, like the job i have is is cool is fun it's an easy job i make good money but it's not what i'm passionate about it's not what i want to love what i love to do and when i started podcasting it was crazy because my wife is fully supportive of this she's like yo you stop playing your video games you've abandoned your playstation 4 and you've started recording and doing something you truly love <laughs> and she's like go ahead keep doing it because but you would think people would be like oh man when you're 40 something years old why are you starting a podcast like why not why not? Why not? No, absolutely. When I turned 30, nobody told me welcome to the club. But when I turned 40, many people told me, and it's people I adore, great friends, people I admire, and say, well, I have great expectations for this decade ahead. I expect a lot from my 40s. So no, yeah. you, you just, you just, you're just hitting the, you just hitting the peak of your prime. Right. Yeah. 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 I look forward to that. Yeah. And the cup, so the cup is a birthday present, and I don't know if you're listening. No, they, they won't see it, but it's a unicorn on it. it. Yep. There's a unicorn vomiting a rainbow, vomiting a rainbow. <laughs> Lovely. That was um, second best birthday gift I got. So you mentioned you have a podcast. What is the name of your podcast? Technoculture, and I started it in 2018. And it's an interview-based podcast. So I was in, I've always been interested also for my work as a researcher in technology, science, but specifically how it changes our lives, how it impacts people. And at a more philosophical level, what it means to be human today. Me believing that we will merge with machines more and more. And even those who don't believe this, you know, should think about what medicine is today with uh, artificial organs or just the implants you know, more and more sophisticated that uh, can be, you know, installed in, in your body. So as that frontier shifts, our perception shifts of what it means to be a cyborg, for example, to implement artificial elements into your body, externally or internally, because I would argue that even glasses, eyeglasses are, of course, technology that are one with your body, meaning that you carry them around all the time and life without them would be really different for like me uh, myopic people <laughs> like, like me yeah. or short-sighted <laughs> people etc like i see you well i don't wear glasses because i got uh the laser operation i used to wear them you know technology just impacts your life way more than you think it's not just oh the smartphone no, it's everything that we carry in our hands all the time if i am fan i'm fascinated by thinking about this uh, often like of course I'm sitting in central Italy and it's 4 p.m. You're sitting in Pennsylvania and you're even yeah, behind it's in 10 time. It's 10 a.m. here. In a different time and yeah. place from now. It's so fascinating. And try to imagine houses with that. Just imagine not having your microwave and what it means. Or running water in the house. Oh. Uh, central heating. Oh, believe me. I'm, I used to so go, like, like I said, I just turned 45. And during the 80s, I used to go to visit my family in Puerto Rico. And their bathroom was outside. It was a... Uh, um, 
Yeah, it was not inside the house. It was, it was a, uh, yeah, it was an outdoor bathroom. It was uh, uh, now the, it's slipping my mind what they called, but it's an outhouse. It was an outhouse basically, and where we used the bathroom was there, and then the next all over was a hose coming through with water. So it, it's, it, and now I go to Puerto Rico and I go to my mother's house, and we have indoor plumbing and we have everything. But even as far as the internet, I'm from Dial-Up. I grew up listening to, to AOL and, and just hearing the dial up and and now we're communicating like without an issue through broadband. It's so much different. Like Okay, I don't have broadband here. You should know. I'm sorry to say the world is to know <laughs> Italy is behind. Sorry, Italy. But when I after being in New York and Brussels, I arrived here in Italy and I was shocked now i got used to it because i guess you get used to everything but um the country never invested in like underground infrastructure so everything is mobile based and that's why mobile uh, subscriptions are cheaper than in other countries so i think i pay like with my contract eight euros a month for 50 gigabytes or on the other phone that, that i use as a hotspot that's the band that i'm using to talk to you now is 13 euros a month for 100 gigabytes in belgium i was paying much more to have much less but why because here this is your main connection and it comes and goes because unfortunately mobile can change with the weather even or depending where you are around here where i live i live isolated love it in the middle of the countryside special experience uh brought to you by covid thank you you know you better not call anyone when you're driving because the signal would just go down every other curve. So, like, literally, there are not few places, many places where there's no signal. That's strange to think about, but still, you can make it work, and it allows you to speak to people like you on the other end of the world. It's so exciting. Actually, I also live isolated, as I do, because when I am working, when I'm doing my interviews, I'm connected with the whole world. Uh, people in Colorado, you know, India, New Zealand, and Europe all over, California. So sometimes when I close a Zoom call or something and I remain here in my silence by myself, it actually feels so good. It's like having the best of the two worlds. I can have my peace and isolation and nature and my lifestyle and at the same time interact with the best people. No, all I, over I, the world. It's like, of I, course, people it's nice like to travel. You, in my background is New York City, of course, and I love my city. I love it, yeah. but I needed a change, and I and I moved to the mountains of Pennsylvania, which is way more relaxing, way much slower paced than New York City, and I love it. it it's I, I found my peace and quiet. I, my I have neighbors next to me. Yes, I do, but. It's it's still quiet here. It's not it's not the the hustle and bustle you hear oh, in yeah. New York. All the the cop cars, the ambulance, every it's so much peaceful. I've had more than one friend who moved away from the city they were living in, uh, Toronto, for example, or New York, and now live like you. I don't know how isol isolated you are, but like in a smaller town. Um, and if you imagine that the people who did that move were clearly able to keep working maybe from home, remotely. If this keeps happening, a little bit the same is happening here. I'm allowed to stay here because I can work from home. Other people are moving out of Rome because of the same reason. And if you imagine in the long term the impact that this could have on the shape of society and even the world, because it means where people are for traffic, consumption of resources. So actually, working from home enables cities to get, they will never be empty. Empty, of course, but I would say rather emptier portion of the land to be more populated. And I believe it's a good thing that humans are more scattered out. And I don't know. I say, but this really reshapes the face of how society is. Confi the configuration of society and i'm really intrigued by that i want to see what happens in the next 10 years it's a big it's a big change like everybody like since the pandemic especially as far as podcasting because you said you've been podcasting since 2018 so you know the jump of number of podcasts back then which was probably less than than a million probably say seven hundred and fifty thousand podcasts to almost two million podcasts now Mm -hmm. but it's something that you can see that it's growing people are really enjoying it they there's because you can do a podcast anywhere like again look what we're doing you're in italy i'm here in pennsylvania 
people are able to do these things now and and are able to communicate with people all over the world and put out some great content well absolutely i'm well aware that so many people putting out content be it podcasts or videos on youtube or whatever they want to do also creates lots of noise but i personally believe and i also spoke to some people that agreed with this and so i'm fully convinced of this now that we shouldn't be scared that it's a like a necessary price to pay the noise but the cream i don't say the cream raises to the surface and if you yeah, cream rises to the top yep the cream rises to the top learn how to navigate a little bit your way through this noise the abundance is something to be grateful for uh i i you know i was also skeptical about the changes that apple or spotify introduced recently are still in the process of introducing that tend to lock content down because the power the strength the awesomeness of podcasts have been this free availability of content it's easy access for creators and easy access for listeners so i'm a strong advocate for you know free content podcasts the return can come in many other forms i do not monetize my own podcast and it it costs me money actually but not too much money it's it's affordable and i would not like the idea that listeners need to pay to listen to my content return of investment comes no it comes it comes in many different ways like people if you think you're going to monetize your podcast like that no but it comes in other different forms i like me i was able i was i was able to yes like I said, start my production company. I launched the internet radio show. I actually designed logos and, and I sold a couple of logos. But all of it came from me starting my podcast. It took me to start the creative juices flowing within me and, and putting it out there and start creating being more than just an audio creator i'm also like i said i started creating logos and, and cover art for podcasts and producing other podcasts that now this past tuesday we launched our a, a tv show that is awesome like we've the views have been going up every single day and it, it's just a transition it's just a growth that's that's just how i feel like yeah the podcast i'm not it's not monetized but it has opened so many different opportunities for me yes I couldn't agree more. Um, I teach workshops about podcasting communication, especially targeting young researchers, PhD students or postdocs. And I try to convey this message too, especially if you want to communicate science to a wider audience, be it your research or go and interview other scientists. I mean, it's true that the argument that not just Apple, but some people that understand the logic of Apple, they say, well, it's value for value. If my content has value, why shouldn't I sell it? I get the point. It takes time and resources to make a podcast. So why not be compensated for that? And yet I cannot get myself to accept like that, that my content should be paid for like that. No, it has to be in other forms and ways. Absolutely. And there's other, but there's other ways for you to, to monetize things. You can sell merchandise. I have a merchandise shop store that I have. I have a Patreon website that if people want to support me, they get exclusive content, stuff that are meant just for Patreons. It's, it's just so many different things. It's just so many different ways, again, for you as the content creator to, to benefit from it. Absolutely. Maybe I should also confess that I'm not really business-minded. I'm a doer. I can get things done. I have an idea, a project. I will make it happen. But the the business part of it it's almost a talent on its own it's like how to make something happen and make profit out of it i I suck at that entirely i just find enough resources to make the thing uh, happen you know so that i of course uh, i don't i don't ask money from anyone i support myself and i've been supporting myself for over 15 years now so i'm an adult and independent and that should be enough for others not to criticize what i do i just am aware and confess then maybe I could monetize something more sometimes or come up with more ideas. Uh, like, I don't know, the, the audience could suggest questions for my next guest in, or appear on the show, ask the question themselves or some sort of virtual meet and greet. I, I just 
can't be bothered. I'm so focused on producing my content. And I feel that in order for me to do that well, my concentration is needed 100% on it. It's just how I function, probably. But I would like to remind your audience that on my website there, which is technoculture-podcast.com, although Google will tell take you there for sure if you google technoculture podcast or my name on the page merchandising you can support the podcast if you can you get some gadgets i have t-shirts i have stickers lanyards tote bags it doesn't have to be an ongoing thing it's just a one shot you give as much as you want so you see i let you know that was the minimal due diligence I felt I had to do. Like, if someone wants to give me money, I should at least give them that option, not make it even hard for people to support my podcast. So there is that option there. That is true. You you can't make it difficult for them because there's people who want to support you they was exactly. they really true that's that's their way of giving back is supporting so and that's and that's one thing i had to i had to understand like people were like oh you need to get t-shirts or like uh, it wasn't but then i thought about it and and someone told me like listen man you need to let people support you especially if they want to support you they're giving back they're looking to give back and they want to support you let them and i'm like okay yeah what's really funny is that the people that truly wanted to support me they couldn't care less about the gadget the t-shirt or something no it's just the support i paid a lot of money (laughs) stuff i I paid a lot of money i just did a calculation the other day i was curious because i was teaching a workshop for the flemish universities in belgium uh during a summer school called let's talk science about podcasting and these things and i was curious to actually tell them how much i spent so far for you know a concrete example not to just say oh it's not very expensive a microphone can cost so much i said but how much did i spend and since i keep track of all my expenses just in life generally whatever i spend and i give a label or a tag to each expense i could actually make a search in my database and say how much money went out uh, for podcast and uh, since the beginning of time which would be 2018 i spent 2500 euros uh, and the biggest expenses were the makeup that I have. If you go to my website or you see the image associated to my website, that's a face paint that's not photoshopped on my face. There's this great artist that painted this sort of circuit electronic thing that I love. And that cost money and it was very well spent. And then microphones and the gadgets, the t-shirts and the mugs. A mug cost me six euros. And how, for how, you know, I just gave them for free to my guests. I show up for an interview and I say, you know, please, you know, it's my gift to you. That awesome, yeah. awesome. I, I gave, yeah, I gave, I, I've had, I've given out a couple of these to my listeners. Yeah. I've yeah. got gadgets. I've got cups, I mean, mugs. You know, I got I got stickers promoting the the radio station. It's it's yeah, but it's me investing in myself. This this mic is is not. It wasn't cheap. Uh, I'm using the Holy Grail for podcasters and the Roadcaster Pro. It, it's just been me investing in myself. Once I figured out this is what I truly wanted to do, I invested in myself. I wanted my quality to improve. I wanted everything to improve. I felt that I my listeners deserve me improving. Especially if you had been listening from me to me from the beginning and my quality was not the greatest. I didn't have I wasn't using Zoom. I was using my phone, holding it up to the microphone. It was just it was just me. Grow, it was just me growing and learning as a podcaster. We all learn. Yeah. I don't like to listen to my first interviews. I think I have learned a lot t- technically and as a host. Absolutely. But I love what you just said. We totally resonate on that. And good for those who monetize. But whatever I do better, regardless of the effort it takes from me, I believe that it's on the one hand respectful of the audience. And even in a way that I cannot put words in on to sorry my english (laughs) something that i cannot articulate and express i just feel that is an investment that will bring good things back yeah definitely definitely and it's it's crazy because i had i had like i said i didn't know this is what i truly wanted to do until i started it and then once i started recording it's just like a this big weight was lifted off me and it's just like content just started coming out i've been recording since of the end of April of last year, I've probably recorded over a hundred and something episodes. I have a bunch of back catalog that I need to start getting out and, and, and updating and putting them out there. But it's just been me recording like three, four times a week with different people. It's been great because at the same time I'm learning it, it it's 
people are learning as well. I have my I have listeners who who chime in and send me messages, and they're enjoying the content. But for the most part, I I am learning so much personally, and I'm growing so much as a person. So when I, when my intro comes on comes on and it talks about I'm heading down, I'm on the road of self discovery because I am. I'm still growing and learning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Three to four times a week is a lot. If you checked my podcast right now, you would see that I'm really slow in publishing new episodes. I try to uh, publish about four a month. That is once a week uh, initially. Then I realized that I didn't have to do it as often. And then I was always more interested in interviewing just the best people I could when they were available anyway. And then during the pandemic, I stopped it for a little while because I just thought it was going to be a brief halt. In a few months, we'll be able to return to what we were doing before. So it's not worth changing my workflow, changing my style. And I had some unpublished interviews that I recorded uh, in California. And then I just decided to start putting those out. And uh, I recently published my first interview, which is just on Zoom, because all the others, I just went to my guests in person, which I still hope to do again. It's just, it, I did one recently, not for my podcast. Also, that's why I'm slow with putting out new episodes, because now I do so many other video interviews. My podcast is not my main, of course, and it's not a source of income, like I just said. Um, I decided to keep it going i have at least six more interviews planned ahead and uh, a book project dun, 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 dun. more to come soon but i went and did my first interview in person in rome recently it felt weird not to wear my pajamas from the waist down <laughs> during the interview oh you mean like how and i am now collect- you mean like how i am now in my pajama pants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you're absolutely right it's so much fun it's- all my gear to put all the gear in the bag to know where I have to travel and it's hot because it's summer and where I go and park and get to the place and go upstairs and set up everything check the room which is different every time they only show it to you on the very day so it takes you're you're the you're the technician in that moment you have to see where the light is good where the sound will be good set up everything and then you have to make sure that you still look good you're not melted from doing all the technical checks and all of that. So when you're basically when you're ready to record, you're done, you know, and you should be that tipped up shape in that moment. And so you go to the bathroom, you check yourself and you try to focus on what you're going to ask and what you're going to say, what you have rehearsed at home, because I try to prepare the best I can. But just the, the fact that I had to bring all my gear there and set it up and get ready for the recording, I was like, I could have done this from home, like on the Zoom just go upstairs you know click but i, I have to in my pajamas yeah it was worth it oh no it i am looking for i am so looking forward to conventions really i want to go to the podcast conventions yes i want to go oh, yes. i want to go anywhere oh, I, anywhere i could go and, and network with people i am so looking forward to that oh uh, i wish we had more of those in europe i've been to one uh, podcast movement in february last year in uh, los angeles oh i i, I don't so awesome you know it's so awesome i don't have words for networking for discovering what other people do and for your own motivation because you know of course many people also monetize their podcast but there is always a passion moving you to begin with everybody believes in their message everybody believes that they're trying to produce the best content they can And when they have an interview-based podcast, they will also tell you about their guests, who they are, and from all over the world. I went home, and I was so inspired. By the way, when we were there, Italy was already almost entering a lockdown. So I was blessed also to be able to attend that convention there. I know that there are several from the podcast movement. Yeah, they actually have one coming up. They have actually come and one up in uh, August 5th through the, the ninth I know it's it's August 5th it starts and it's in Tennessee and I really did want to go to that but it's like uh, can I can I 
take time off of work for that. I already just put in for vacation time for September. So uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I wish I could come there, but there's just no way. Um, but it's awesome. If you have a chance, do go. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to whatever conventions I can go to and, and the networks I can definitely. I've Like I said, I've been blessed to connect with some amazing people that um that I know that we're going to be friends for a long time. And so it's just been great because I've just been able to connect with like minded people, people who, who are think the same, who don't think exactly the same way, but have somewhat of the same similar ideas that I have and have some of the same similar beliefs. So it's been great because it's been I've been connecting with people that I probably would have never connected at any other time in my life. I stayed friends with some of the people that I met at that convention. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting. For real. All right. So now, Federica, it's time for you to plug away. Let them know where they can find you. Where is your show at? Everything. Okay. So uh, my name is the not the most international. So when I say just Google my name and uh, you will see my podcast, my YouTube channel, that backfires. It's so bad. But, you know, Federica Brassan, do your best, F-E-D-E. R-I-C-A, that's my name, Federica. Uh, if Google will certainly help you. What you could can find through Google or otherwise is, I would say, first of all, my YouTube channel. Uh, you can look by my name. The name of my YouTube channel, damn it, again, I started it years ago when I wasn't thinking that I was going to plug it publicly. It's the acronym of what you feel is what you get. So why physic, right? But you'll never find it that way. This is not even how you look for YouTube channels. So just look for my name on YouTube or Google and you'll find it. But I would direct you there because you find both the videos of my podcast plus all the other video interviews I have been doing. And slowly since this new career, let's say, is uh, taking off, I also add, and I have more, many more uh, upcoming in the next month, videos that I do for other people, which is really lovely. I have people reaching out and I collaborate with them. They normally publish that material on their platforms, but also I share it like my portfolio on my YouTube channel. So you'll see a lot of material there. The podcast website is technoculture-podcast.com. I have a personal website that I just rebranded entirely, which is federicabresan.com. I just present myself as a science communicator. There's a lot of material there, me as an author, uh, as a guest, as a public speaker, as a coach, uh, so you find a lot of material there. And if you're interested in what I was doing before, I have another website, which is research.federicabresan.com, where you see my profile as a researcher, my publications or my research field, my collaborations and my scientific CV. I'm sure you're not interested in looking into that, but it's available and it's one of the many hats that I have had. And that is awesome. I appreciate you being on the show. It's been great talking to you. Listen, when you when you publish your book, because you said you're publishing a book, right? I'm working on this book project that is supposed to be some sort of translation of the podcast into this other medium, which is the book. Um, I'm thinking about it. I have an idea, of course, of how it would be. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, I'll, I'll get there. But it will be, I guess it... When you get there, we'll definitely have you back on so we can promote it and uh, talk about it. Yeah, it will be called Technoculture and subtitle My Podcast Journey. And with a selection of interviews, you know, it's not, it's never about me in the interviews and not even in the book. Like I appear because I am this engine that moves the strings in and that creates the content. But even when I say my podcast journey, it's not going to be about me and how I did it. It's about the experience of making it where the true protagonists are my guests, are the listeners, are the places that I have visited, the organizations that got involved. So uh, the, for each selected interview, which will be shortened, I believe, to be readable and, you know, to get something, to take something away from it without having to read too much or complex stuff. You will also learn a little bit about how it came to be and the context. And after all, not everybody travels to all their guests. I've been to Norway, uh, to Switzerland, um, in the United States and to Brussels and to Italy and to Paris. So there is a story there. There's lots of material, also pictures and videos that I took that were never shared. So I'm going just to tell the story behind the interviews. And it's also supposed to be helpful in a way because I publish articles sometimes of how I prepare for an interview. Or I yesterday published on LinkedIn an article that talks about the importance of transcripts for podcasts. And so 
some someone told me reading that article yesterday, which you easily find on LinkedIn. In a way, it's nothing new. It's intuitive almost, but they never found it thought through and written down in one place. So now that I'm now doing theory of podcasting, it's just collecting all the knowledge I have gained through my direct experience in one place. Because I believe that this thing is so new that some people don't even realize the potential that it has. When you put it all together in transcripts, when you start making a list of all the uses you can make of them, of who can benefit from them. You know, I'll just say this one thing, which is not major in a way, but it's not to be completely disregarded. And that is that podcasts brought the power of the spoken word to a whole new level but it cuts out hearing impaired people and that's somehow unfair because it's a large community of people and more and more and more and more content is uh, vehiculated it's delivered through just audio unfortunately they're cut out so transcripts may benefit them now nobody would do a transcript only for them but you know it's it's in there and it's a sort of humanitarian cause. So not to be disregarded at the bottom of the list. And when you put together all the users and the people that benefit from having a transcript, even yourself as a podcaster and tomorrow and reusing, repurposing parts of the interview, the whole interview, uh, that makes just a lot of sense when you look at it and you say, oh, interesting. So I like to think about those things and I publish about it sometimes on Medium, LinkedIn or other blogs. And it's all listed on my website by the way, all these articles. So who knows? Uh, I'd like to stay in the game for a long time. This was so exciting to talk to you. I think we're like-minded in podcasting. So I hope that, you know, sometimes when I give interviews, it feels like we didn't know each other before. Now you know a little bit more about myself, but then when we're done, you just move on to your next guest and forget about me. Now, I don't ask you to stay in touch, but it would be a pity just to lose touch completely after we've had this interaction. There's certain people that I stay in contact with. Some are certain guests that, like I said, I've had guests that we're friends now. Like we communicate frequently and, and send us. And that's because I guess, um, cause I'm really, I'm really into the energy that I put out and the people I surround myself with. When I shifted that and, and focused it more towards positivity and talking to people who are like-minded, me and those people have connections that we end up collaborating in other different ways. They like, I've had people on that they've said, Hey, I would like for you to be an affiliate, affiliated marketer for me. I want you to help promote my, and for me, that was big because they trust me with their brand. They trust me or they even felt that, mm -hmm. Hey, listen, you're somebody I want to be associated with. So when people do that, that's like, that's like awesome. That's an amazing feeling. Cause again, like I said, that's people trusting you and seeing in you something special. <coughs> Absolutely. Come visit me in Italy, by the way. If you get a chance, when you're done with the conventions in the United States, come over. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I will come to Italy. To, like, listen, Federica told me to come over. I'm going to Italy. Come. Come visit me. I'm not too far away from Rome. The, the land is beautiful. Italy has some problems as a country. Nobody denies that. I've had a little, uh, my share of culture shock coming back, even if this is supposed to be my own country. After so many years abroad, I totally see part of the, not just the stereotypes, but part of all the complaints that you hear from Italians abroad that left because it's hard to find a job here, etc. I find good part of that to be true. I didn't leave because I was unhappy with Italy. I left because I found a grant research opportunity in Belgium, so I went to that job, not away from Italy, but I have to say here back that it has its problem, but at the same time, it's so beautiful that I was surprised. Again, you'd be surprised. I'm Italian. I should know. No, I didn't know this part of Italy well and driving through to, to get here and settle down, look for home, etc. Left and right, wherever you look, it's so beautiful. And you eat super, super, super well. And the weather is actually super pleasant. Uh, so you've got it all. And the people are friendly. And so... And then there's me. I can. Oh, that sounds like. See me. now, <laughs> that's you messed up. Now, I will be going to Italy's. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong! Oh, there's someone at the door. But uh, thank <laughs> you so much. I appreciate you being on the show. And now it is time for shout outs. Big shout out to my real wise family, Poppy J, Brandy J. Love you guys. Big shout out to the homie Chrissy Richards from Cipher Knowledge of Chrissy. Big shout out to the boss lady Fina. I love you, baby. And as always, big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless y'all. Be safe. And you know how your boy Wise does it. Peace out. 
Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt, Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt, and a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash stuck in my mind. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out.